It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! Welcome to the Big Play Reflog Show. What is going on, everybody? Happy Monday. We wish it was a victory Monday, but here we are with a 0.4% chance at the playoffs. I'm your host, Big Play Dave, alongside my man, Mr. Chris McNeil. What's happening? You're now famous, Dave. You what know is that? Uh, what? <laughs> You're famous. Oh, yeah? Did, so you, did you retweet today. me? I got today in the mail. Yeah, it's an annual tradition in the McNeil um, family mm-hmm. that we have a family newsletter, and you, my friend, made the family newsletter this year. Wow! How about that? How about that? It mentioned some of the things that we're doing on this show, and uh, my grandfather puts it out, and they mentioned you prominently as being my partner as part of what we're doing. So that is show. fantastic, and you showed me that letter, and I Welcome just, I just, family. I just pictured your your grandfather. Like with the ink and quill, like doing that letter on that super nice paper. I wish we had a picture of it, but it's a it's a very big honor. Like fifty years, it's incredible. It's, yeah. like, I mean, he's you, got all of the newsletters going back fifty years. Like you could see newsletters where I was born back in the seventies, like all the way up to now. It's a big day for me. Kids and I have Dave. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We're winning. Uh, Gab Cruz in the house yet again. What is up? I did not make the newsletter. Yes, you know what things things to strive for. Although, <laughs> if you do that Christmas music for McGrandma, I think yeah. that gets in there. Gotta, oh, that's I'll, in. I'll work on my Christmas song for McGrandma. There we go. <laughs> and the one and only Dollar Dog Nick in the production hub. What's up, brother? Not too much. I got nothing. No, no playoff got- talk for the Browns. We'll get a little little Buckeye talk today, maybe. There we go. All right, we got a lot to talk about. Let's get right into it. So tonight on the show, we'll kick it off with Cleveland Headlines brought to you by Shaq News. Then we'll have a Labatt Blue Light with Adam Jardy talking Buckeyes basketball. We have not done any of that, and we're just kicking it off. So that'll be that'll be good to talk a little Buckeyes since we don't want to talk too much Browns. Um, and then after that. Much to Gab's dismay, we will be playing a round of Stump the Flog. Here we go. That's right. Ready. Uh, and then we'll finish up with some big play bets, previewing the Ravens-Browns game, brought to you by Tipico, the exclusive sports book of the Big Play Network. Let's get it going. It is Cleveland Headlines.
That's me, isn't um, it? Yes. Cleveland Headlines <laughs> is brought to you by ShackNews.com. Shack News, your go-to site for video games and more. If you need some last-minute gift ideas, check out their Shack News Holiday 2022 gift guide for gamers. And remember that you can join in on all the discussions using the Shack News Cortex and subscribing to their Twitch channel. So if you're a gamer, Shack News is the site for you. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at the handle at Shack News and at ShackNews.com. Chris, the Browns lost a must-win game, as you know. Uh, how, how many must-win games have we lost this year? Every game is a must-win for this team, Chris. You know yeah. this. Although we are not mathematically eliminated, 0.4%. There's still a path. There's a path. I, I liked, by the way, your uh, your diamond hands. I have not seen that in a while since the AMC stock days. So well done bringing back the diamond hands. Yeah, it worked just about as well for uh, most of the crypto stocks, too. Now, Chris, I believe it was a couple podcasts ago you had a six-step program to fix the Cleveland Browns. Who are you putting the blame on for yesterday's loss? And you can't say everybody. Ooh, I, I tell you what. <laughs> you know, I, I sound like a broken record. I talk about our team not doing the little things well. And that comes down to coaching. We're undisciplined, Dave. We saw a lot of penalty flags yesterday, Oof. and that's an understatement. And I know some of them were, were egregious calls, were not good calls against us. But there were a lot of them that were good calls. We should have been called for them. That roughing call. I mean, awful. you got to cut that stuff out. That changes the whole complexion of that game. In addition, the coaching decision-making, I still – for the life of me, don't know why we get as cute as we do. Why are we bringing in Jacoby Brissett on fourth down and going for a bomb? I know I know he was open in the end zone, but we didn't execute it. It's not worth any points if you don't complete that pass. So I don't know why, if we've got the kind of talent we do on this team, we don't line up and just eye-to-eye just beat them. I mean, we're trying to play chess when we can win at checkers here. Right? We we and I don't we know asked, why we overcomplicate that. We asked Bernie about the Jacoby fourth and one and uh, we me and Gab asked we're like what would you, what would you do if uh Stefanski you were in there mm-hmm. and was like hey we're going to put Jacoby in and throw a bomb on this. And there were multiple F bombs <laughs> on the Bernie Kozar show behind the scenes. So Bernie ain't going out for that it, crap. Oh my that, god, no way. This is true and that is funny, but to be fair, it's a different context because Deshaun is hasn't played and you know, he's still it's getting true. his feet under him. So I could see where Bernie was coming from, but also the context is slightly different. I, I agree. I think it would have been sick if he pulled it off. Yeah. And I can't believe he overthrew it that far. But let's be honest, that would have been awesome if that worked in our favor. To be but fair, he was open. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was going to say, how many times? It would have been cool if we would have won the game. It would have been cool if we didn't rough the this punter. Is, this it would have been fun. <laughs> Chris, what do you, you think of Deshaun? He was improved, but I, I mean, improved off of what we saw last week. Yeah, I feel like you're really uh, having money. said that was coming. No, I, I mean, he's better. He had to be better, and he was a little bit better. I, I mean, a lot better, let's say, from, from last week, but... He's, he's still not the guy, and I didn't expect him to be the guy at this point. I mean, how many times did we talk about how hard it's going to be for him just to walk in and take the reins, even though everybody was saying, oh, when Deshaun gets here, you know, he's going to lead us to the promised land. It's like, hey, man, he hasn't played in two years. It's going to take him a while, and I don't even know if this system is really well set suited for his game right now. 
I don't know that he has enough uh, receiving weapons outside um, to, to be able to really spread the ball around. So this is going to take some adjustment. This is going to take some adjustment. And I don't think we're utilizing any of the talent on this team to the, the potential um, that's that's there. Do, do you think that Kevin Stefanski would be willing to change his offensive scheme now that he has Deshaun Watson and he can see what he's going to be capable of? Do you, Or do you think Stefanski is going to stick with the system that he knows and we're just going to have to deal with it? He, well, I think he's a pragmatic guy. He's a smart guy, despite right. the fact we give him a hard time. And from a practical standpoint, he, he either has to adapt or die here. He's going to get fired if he doesn't adapt to something that's going to work for his very, very expensive quarterback in Deshaun Watson. So he's going to have to figure out, you know, the personnel, the scheme, and everything that's best going to fit Deshaun Watson, set him up for success, and therefore set the Browns up for success and him by extension. I mean, that's the way this thing's going to work. And if he doesn't, if he continues this questionable play calling and really not setting up a system that makes uh, the team flourish and the offense move, for God's sakes, we're not scoring any points out of this offense right now, um, then he's he's not going to be here for very long. Gab, thoughts on the on the Browns thus far with Deshaun? Um, yeah, as expected. I'm. It was nice to see him not as choppy as as the first game we saw. He wasn't him. throwing him just it, it was two feet in front of him in the dirt. It, it was uncomfortable to watch that first game, and I understand. So, you know, in a weird way, I feel like he turned it on kind of quickly. He looked a lot more comfortable all of a sudden, and yeah, he wasn't perfect, but. Um, my biggest question is I wonder how long it's going to take for us to even gel in that capacity where he is that top five NFL quarterback, you know, like how long it'll until he. Yeah. It, at least why don't one we run the full... ball in the meantime. I mean, come on. Why? Well, we you know, you know what? Running... Like it, it sucks to be oh. out of the playoffs, but now we can like, who cares? Like F it. Like we can just. Hey, go run just... a spread offense and go sling it and let's see what you got. Yeah. I don't think we're going to actually do it, but I feel like it would be a good idea. Yeah, now's the time to experiment with him because the rest of the season doesn't really matter. So, And I could see that side of it. I could yep. definitely see that side of it. Because otherwise, I mean, not running Chubb. <laughs> He's got so much talent. It's like a war crime to not give that guy the ball 20 times. And how many yards did he have? He had under 50 yards under or something? Under 50, yep. That's insane. That's insane. When we're we're resting him for next year. He well, gets stuffed a lot. If you're though, doing I... that, that's fine. Then that's a completely different story, Dave. I, I I would get that almost on some level. But if we're really characterizing this as a must-win game, then that's not something that should be happening. <laughs> yeah, right. but we've been resting him since 2018. Correct. Yes. It's ooh. He's got fresh Hello. legs, Hello. ready ready to go for for next year. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to a better team. Cavs were a third of the way through the season. Uh, we're the three seed. Gab, seventeen and ten overall. Who's ahead of us? How would you grade the first twenty-seven games? Milwaukee and Boston. Oh, Celtics. Okay, Celtics um, and the Bucks, and Bucks. Are, are probably exactly better. Who we thought were going to be ahead of us too. Mm, to be honest, yeah. I haven't seen a ton of the Cavs play, but when I have seen them, um, like let's, uh, oh, um. Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. There you go. Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Spider. I'm like, who did I take that video recording of the slam dunk? I went to I went to their literally their home opener and then I haven't gone to any games since, but I've been keeping a little bit of tabs. And I know they've had some injuries. 
But that being said, I think Garland and Mitchell are averaging like 50 points a game. Not bad, right? Uh, not too shabby. And uh, is Jarrett Allen, was he injured? He's back, yeah. He back? yeah he was, he he was is hurt. back. Yeah, he's back as of last week. Oh, good. So I think good things are ahead for them. Yeah, and he gives them, I've talked about it on the show, just the attitude that Jared Allen gives this team is is so much, there's, there's such a palpable difference when he's not in there to when he is. I was at the game last week, the Lakers game, you got LeBron in town. Oh, that was yeah. Jared Allen's first game back. And, and boy, the energy, it was a playoff atmosphere in the arena, which was really cool. Um, you know, you had Miles Garrett there, you had Nick Chubb there. Uh, you had David, David Njoku there. You had Joey Chestnut there at <laughs> halftime. How many, how many pierogies did he eat? 47. Oh, 47 pierogies at halftime, uh, which was pretty cool. And then he did Oreos like after that. It was pretty wild. But, uh, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a really fun atmosphere. The team looked great. Um, and, and, you know, it's such a grind with the NBA. So I want everybody just to stay healthy for – you know, Bickerstaff to get his rotations down as we progress through the season because I think this can be a special team. We're right where, you know, we it, we're better than what I expected, um, but we're For right sure. there at that upper crust. We're right there at that upper crust. We're banging up against the Celtics. We're banging up against the Bucks there at the top of the East, and this could be a special team. So let's keep riding. One third of the way there. All right, let's keep basketball going. We're going to flip the script to the Ohio State Buckeyes, our hey. featured interview of the week. Let's get it going. All right, live on the Labatt line, we have Ohio State basketball beat writer for the Columbus Dispatch, Adam Jardy. Adam, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're, we're good. Whoa, extreme zoom, extreme close-up. We were good. <laughs> What's Nick doing back you there? You can do it, Nick. Who knows? <laughs> Shoot. Now, Nick, all you have to you. do is take us out of the <laughs> shot, and then it'll be just the two again. Did you dump Adam Jardy? Move us out. Here. No, he's still here. Adam, a little technical difficulties. Don't mind us. Remove, good, your Remove us. That's me. Hey, there we go. There are. we Split go. Uh-oh. Is it just you and I now, Adam? No, we're That's all here. Sleeve? Hey, we're here. Wow. Can you hear us, Chris? I don't know if we're still on the air then at this point. Did you <laughs> Did you did you completely just remove like us? They are. <laughs> we'll just yeah, continue on. Uh, sorry about this. Normally we're much more. All right, put us back. Do Command Z, Command uh, but Z. Kind of give me an overview right now of the Ohio State Buckeyes, what you've seen so far. And we just started um, league play last week with Rutgers and an unbelievable end to that game, the first game of the Big Ten uh, conference play. Uh, tell us about where the team's at right now um, and, and what you've seen from this young, young ball club. Yeah, it's an interesting team because they have so many new faces. I mean, it's really like an unparalleled season as far as trying to figure out just who's on the roster and who can do what. They only had two guys back who played more than two games last season, just kind of a byproduct of college basketball now. They had guys graduate. They had, you know, lost two guys to the NBA, and then, you know, that's just guys can transfer and the, you know, immediate eligibility. So you end up with an Ohio State team that's got five freshmen, four of them are playing significant roles, and then three yes. transfers and all those guys are in the rotation. So right now it's a bunch of new faces still kind of figuring things out and who can do what, but 
it, it's an ex, it's a fun team. Uh, there's some pretty interesting personalities. Um, they, they're playing a pretty attractive style of basketball, I would say. And uh, there's real belief that this team has much better basketball still ahead of it. Like once these guys get a little bit more uh, experience under them, once they get to January, February, this team hopefully will find a new gear and, and should be, you know, a really fun team by the time the tournament comes around. So that's exciting, kind of thinking that every time they step out on the court, they learn a little bit more and that there might be better basketball ahead. Now, from a broader view, when you look at the Big Ten, where does this team kind of fit into the mix? Who do you see at the top of the Big Ten and where do the Buckeyes kind of shake out? Well, right now you got to start with Purdue. Uh, the Boilermakers, number one in the country, and they are just uh, – Zach E looks like a monster. I mean, he's 7'4", so he kind of is a monster. Um, but he's just – he's been unstoppable. His numbers have been video game numbers. Um, it's hard to pick against the Boilermakers right now. And then it really gets interesting. You know, you can make a case for, I think, probably seven or eight teams to be right there behind Purdue. I mean, Indiana's one of them. Uh, Illinois is one of them. I think Ohio State is in that mix. And I think by the end of the season, we'll be in that mix. But um, it's a wide open league, honestly. I feel like um, when it comes to Purdue, it does feel like it's their crown right now. But, um, you know, every Ohio State, Ohio State still has 19 Big Ten games to, to play. Most teams have 18 Big Ten games to play. Um, it's just a fascinating season really for the league because Ohio state's turnover in some ways doesn't really separate itself from the rest of the league. There are, I think like 15 of the top 20 scores from last season are gone. Um, most of the all conference teams are gone, just a product of transferring and graduation in the NBA. And so it's a really revamped big 10. And, um, I think anybody that thinks they have the league figured out right now is just straight up lying to you because it, it's just a bonkers season. Now taking an even broader view, where does the Big Ten stack up against some of the other conferences in the country? That's a good one. Um, I think the Big Ten is deep. I think there's as many as nine or ten teams that could make the tournament. Yeah. The thing that has been holding the Big Ten back is it will consistently get teams in the tournament, but then no one's standing there by the time you get to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight or the Final Four. You know, we're going on 22 years since the league yeah. last won a championship. Yep. Um, so I think at a certain extent, like the, the league – has a lot of really deep or ha has a lot of depth and, and has a lot of teams that can compete at a high level, but it almost seems like they just wear each other down. And by the time March rolls around, they struggle uh, to, to adapt to different styles and, and struggle to put together a tournament run. So I think when you look at like quality wins and, and just, you know, upper level talent, I think the big 10 is right there with anybody right now. I mean, the SEC is probably uh, yeah. the best basketball conference right now. Big 10 is right behind it, but the questions all the question for the league, you know, every year now is just, can they make a run at March? Can somebody get to a final four? Can somebody challenge for a national championship? And until that happens, Lee's just going to be a step behind everybody else from a perception standpoint. Okay. Taking us back down to the team level, there is a big transfer that the Buckeyes got in the off season with a fantastic last name, Sean McNeil. <laughs> uh, talk about him and where he's been fitting in on this team. What's the upside for this fantastic individual with an awesome last name? I would say, I mean, aside from the fact that we know anybody with a McNeil is, is you know, Obviously. excellent in whatever field they choose. Um, he's he's one of the best shooters I've seen at Ohio State. And it's not just that he can be a lights out three point shooter, but he, he's got more of an all around game that uh, Ohio State hasn't really seen from a shooter in the last couple of years. And he played the last uh, uh, couple of seasons at West Virginia, played under Bob Huggins and just wanted a chance to show that he could do more. So he comes to Ohio State and 
Um, he's their most uh, deadly three-point shooter, but he can put the ball in the deck. He can get into the lane. He can. He, he has a pretty nasty mid-range jumper, a really good jab step. Um, still kind of coming along defensively, but he's a guy that's played in the Big 12 for m- several seasons. And, um, you know, on a team with so few experienced faces he's not phased i mean he went to duke and you know he's he's played and they played in maui and they, they've had some of these high level games here and he's a guy that you know you can count on he's already been in some of those atmospheres and some of those um, some of those experiences so um interesting dude though he played a year at community college he took a year off in between high school and community college he's very very un unheralded uh, out of high school but has really made himself into a, a high level player all us mcneils do not much is considered of us coming out of high school, then all of a sudden we just show up. <laughs> so when you, when you step back and you look at Holtman, what do, you think, what do you think his biggest challenges are as a coach at this point uh, with this ball club, um, you know, in terms of developing the talent, in terms of developing the core of this team? Uh, where do you think he's at, and, uh, and what do you think lies ahead for him? Well, I mean, right now they're – basically in a reset. I mean, this is a year with so many new faces they've committed in this era of college basketball where you can transfer and have immediate eligibility. Um, and you see teams that go out and just say, we're not really recruiting high school kids anymore. Like we're going the transfer portal. And you know, if it's not a top 50 kid who's in our backyard, we're not going to recruit them. Ohio state's gone the opposite way They're They will go in the portal and they'll, they'll plug needs when they need to like losing Malachi Branham, this, uh, this off season, the NBA after one year, that's why they have Sean McNeil. They needed to go out and find a two guard. And so Sean McNeil was available and they, and they brought him in, but um, the Ohio state's committed to, to developing guys. And so they have this recruiting class right now. There's five of them. Four of them are top 65 recruits and they're all guys that could be multi-year players. And they believe that uh, you stack that with, they have an, a, an elite 2023 recruiting class coming in. It's a four man class. They're all top 60 ish recruits. Um, and then you, you start building those recruiting classes. That's how they're trying to put together this roster right now. And they're trying to set themselves up for sustained long-term success. There are pitfalls that come with that. You know, NIL is a thing and you could mm-hmm. very easily see, you know, some of these guys were Mr. Basketball in their home States. Well, what's to stop, you know, home school or home state power number one from offering them all kinds of NIL money to come back home and play in front of your family and do it for your home state. Like, those are pressures they're really going to face, but that's that's the avenue they've chosen. Uh, there, I think there is some some risk that runs with it, but I think if they get it right and they're bringing in high level versatile talent, if they can get that all to mesh, then it does set Ohio State up for a pretty good run of success. But they they need it all to fit together, and they need to hold on to guys, and that's that's sometimes easier said than done in modern college basketball. Now, and NIL is kind of still in its infancy here. What have you seen in, in the short time that it's been around in terms of how it's affecting the game and where do you think it's going to go? And do you think Ohio state has an advantage being the size that they are in any NIL game? Well, I, I would think that Gene Smith put out a statement this past week, yeah. just reminding fans, Hey, this is legal. You can donate to our collectives and we can, and they can use that money to help keep, student athletes uh on on our campus and i mean that that still sounds weird and i think that's part of why he put the statement out like he's kind of been consistent with that that we need to make people understand that this is legal we're you know we've spent so many years hitting them over the head don't give people money don't give our athletes money and now we're telling them to basically do the opposite like i think that takes some time for that message to resonate 
but it, it does also signal that maybe Ohio State might be falling a, a little bit behind when it comes to some of the other powers. When it, and I think right now we're talking college football because obviously mm-hmm. that's it's that time type of or that time in the calendar. But um, the real thing I think for basketball we're going to find is like how does it help with roster retention? I think that's going to be as big of a thing for Ohio State right now as anything. Like going into next year again, like you're going to have these guys who are from out of state who are really talented players. You're going to have somebody in the back of their home state saying, we're going to give you X and you're going to play this much. And, you know, you you need to hold on to those players. If they want this plan to work, they need to keep those guys. And so um, it, it's I don't know how it ultimately all shakes out. And I don't know if Ohio State continues to win those kinds of battles. But um, that's that's going to shape, I think, the future of the sport as much as anything. And we're already seeing it with football right now. Yeah, it's been fascinating. So for the team overall, if you were to step back right now, and say, okay, if I were to see them in the tournament here come March, what kind of a seed would you project for them? Where would you see that they'd kind of shake out? I know there's this is obviously not even a fair question at this point. <laughs> just started Big Ten play. Uh, but nonetheless, it's my show, so that's the way we're going to do it. So what is uh, where, where do you think the team would shake out right now? Well, I mean, I think this ultimately is a team that is kind of flirting with the top 25 all year. I mean, they've been in the top 25 the last three weeks. They're up to 23 this week. Um, the Big Ten's going to give them opportunities to have quality wins and quality games. So I think their resume by the end of the year will be pretty solid. Um, I would say it's probably like a six, five yeah. seed, something like that. Um, just kind of that that falls in line with where they sit in the rankings. Um I do think this this could be the type of team, though, that, um, you know, say they're a six seed or a seven seed, but they could take some lumps here in the next couple of weeks when Big Ten play gets rolling. And then once these guys figure it out, like it, it, they could be that that dangerously underseeded team that by the time they get to March, nobody wants to play because they have figured it out and that, yeah, they have some early season losses, but they're very different from that team. Like that's kind of always been my thought for what this season might look like. What I'm a little bit surprised with is that they're seven and two or uh, yeah, seven and two. I, I thought they might have one or two more losses at this point um, on the, on the calendar, but um, so maybe they're a little bit further along than I thought. Um, But I do think they're going to take a few lumps before it's all said and done. Before I get you out of here, any thoughts on the Buckeye football team? Do we have any kind of a chance against Georgia and maybe to really make this thing interesting. Well, I'll I'll be totally transparent in that I don't cover any football. I get I, I, just, I know I know I right, know you're a basketball right. guy. So I'm just asking but, you before we get you out of here. Sure, I just I just want to qualify my just want to qualify my answer um, in case I I look incredibly stupid here. But um, you can't it's, look it's, any dumber than we already do on a day in day out basis. Trust me, week in week out basis. It's been my steadfast belief from the second it was a possibility that it has been ordained by some higher power that Ohio State and Michigan are going to play again. Yeah. yeah. And I understand that that means Ohio State has to beat a really talented Georgia team. And I understand all these things that have to happen and the odds of it happening are statistically whatever. But I just, I, I after watching Duke and Carolina for the first time ever play in the NCAA tournament, and it happened to be in the Final Four last year, and it ends Coach K's career. It's an unbelievable, epic, really last chapter to that rivalry. I feel like we're headed that way with Ohio State and Michigan. I feel like as much as it pains me to say it, that like the way the sport is developing, that Ohio State and Michigan 
12 team playoff like they're gonna face each other at some point like it's going to happen or the big 10 goes away from divisions maybe they're playing each other in a conference championship the week after they play like we're heading towards anarchy and chaos Um, you know dogs and cats living together mass hysteria all that and i just feel like this is going to happen the the way that game unfolded ohio state michigan and the fact that now they could play each other in the national championship game like I, i just don't see how that doesn't happen so that's my prediction. I think Ohio State and Michigan are playing for the national championship, and it's the worst thing that ever happens if we all die. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. That is the hottest take you're going to see right there. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, Adam, is there anything you want to promote here? Adam Jardy. Sure. Uh, you can uh, uh, follow me on Twitter at Adam Jardy. Uh, read my stuff at dispatch.com and subscribe to the Buckeye Extra podcast. Uh, Multiple, multiple times a week during basketball season, lots of hoops talk. And um, yeah, I guess that'd be the easiest places to find me. Check him out in the dispatch. He's writing a lot of articles about Sean McNeil. That's hey, right. Last name. Adam, before you go here, this, I'm, this is uh, Dollar Dog Nick, the producer on the show. Back. I got, Dollar Dog yeah, Nick, we are here, Chris. In. Hey, welcome back. He's really I, crushing it, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. You've done a fantastic crushing job so something. far. So why don't you jump in here? I, uh, so I had one question for you. So my nephew and I last year, we started a new tradition where we try to go to some of the cool basketball atmospheres in the area. We went to Hinkle Fieldhouse last year. This okay. year, we're hoping to get to a couple Big Ten schools. Um, are there any atmospheres, environments that, that maybe one that is just awesome and then one that maybe is kind of under the radar that you would recommend? Yes. Uh, so my favorite in the Big Ten is Purdue. If you can go see a game in Mackey Arena, like the whole place just – focuses on the court it's so loud it's so much fun to see a game there and like Ohio State hasn't had a lot of success but there have been some pretty memorable games so I might be that might shade my opinion a little bit but it's just I love going to Mackey anytime I get to go see a game at Purdue it's like a highlight of the season for me so definitely if we're talking Big Ten go see a game in Mackey for sure and then um, underrated but really loud and raucous is Rutgers and Tell you what, after Ohio State winning that game the way that it did on Thursday and knowing they play them at Rutgers on January 15th, like that was not a game that I had circled when I looked at the Big Ten schedule and said, boy, that's that's going to be a must watch game. Like Ohio State Rutgers on a Sunday afternoon, like it'll be fine. But like I can't wait for that game. Um, They're going to be incredibly amped up after the way this one ended. So um, there's usually a fantastic environment at Rutgers. I would recommend that one. Rut or Maryland is also uh, pretty good too. Hmm. Um, their students are loud. Their their student section is like a really steep, like whole end of the arena, and they're just like towering over you. Um, and the, their fan base is pretty pretty energetic. They're pretty up for it. Um, I would definitely definitely flag those ones. Oh, cool! Is Rutgers? It's a smaller arena, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. And it's just like, I mean, it's I guess you could say it's like a stereotypical Jersey, like hangout. I mean, it's like everything you would think of like a, the main arena in New Jersey. Like it's, it's all of those things. And it's, it's, it's loud. It's fun. Um, They have multiple mascots. They got their Scarlet Knight walking around carrying a sword Um, at the end of the game, or towards the end of the game, sometimes they'll play like this techno remix version of Wonderwall, which blows my mind every time. So um, I, I enjoy that a lot. Um, I should mention the Breslin Center in Michigan State, too. I mean, it's that's a phenomenal venue. Every seat is close. It's loud. The fans are great. Great tradition in there. Um, 
those I'd be remiss if I didn't mention them too. Very cool. Is Thanks. Is there anything that can be done at Ohio State to make this shot like a better atmosphere? I, it just seems like for what Ohio State is, the shot just doesn't bring the same energy that you would expect for Ohio State basketball. Maybe you feel differently, but that's the way I, I don't just feel differently. No, yeah. um, they could um, hang up a closed sign and, and go up the road and play at St. John Arena. <laughs> there we go. Um, that's my you know. man. Put the money into renovating St. John and just make that the place again. Um, it's just, I will say, when, when the shot is packed, when there's 18,000, 19,000 people in there, it's as loud as any arena. And that's great. It's a great place when it is fully packed. But it is too big and it is too open. And mm -hmm. it's just not, it's not a, it's a multi-purpose facility. It's, there's a difference between a basketball facility and a multi-purpose facility. And that's just is unfortunately what Ohio State has. I don't see any way, like, financially that they can do anything about that anytime soon. Like, if you could lop off, like, a third of Value City Arena, just lower the roof and take off, like, the top 20 rows or something, it would be great. But they can't, and they're kind of stuck with it. And so if it's packed, it's a good place to see a game. If it's not, you know, teams will use that to their advantage against Ohio State. Teams know that they can come into Value City Arena on a Tuesday in December, and it's not going to be packed, and that's how you you spring an upset. Um, it just is what it is. And I I will give credit, like, this coaching staff has really engaged with, like, the students. They've sold out student tickets the last two seasons, like, faster than they've ever sold them. Um, and that's a huge market difference from just a couple of years ago. So they're trying and when the students are there, they bring an energy and an atmosphere. But, I mean, you know, they play Maine and Alabama A&M here, uh, the, like December 22nd, 29th. Like, it's going to be lacking a little bit of buzz when those games tip off. And, and there's a 0% chance they ever go across the street and play a game at St. John's, unless there's some sort of a conflict with, like, Elton John or something, right? Well, they have played a couple of times yeah. Um over the years and the first few years of Chris Holtman's tenure, they played like two games over there and it was, it, it was well received. I mean, I, I almost, almost to the point where I wonder if the reason they don't do that anymore is because it was so such a reminder of what Ohio state basketball could be. Yeah. And they were just like, you know what, maybe we, we can't keep shoving this in people's faces because then they remember we have to go back to the shot. Um, <laughs> and again, like when it's packed, it's loud, it's great. And yeah. that's all great, but it's just, it's not, the, the, the sports world has changed since they built that arena. And I think if you build it now, you build it with that in mind, but instead they're kind of stuck with it is what it is and they're still paying for it. So there's not a whole lot they can do. Very good. I think it's back down to you and I. So Adam Jardy, thank you so much. Go check him out at the Columbus Dispatch or online at Twitter at Adam Jardy. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks so much. You're the man. All right, Adam Jardy, good stuff, Chris. Well done there, sir. Yeah, thanks for all the help there, Dave. Oh, you're welcome. In, asking all those Buckeyes questions. <laughs> you know it was interesting? And, that was a good I break always, from the Browns, absolutely. I always think it's funny because, you know, we've got that shot, the shot, which is absolutely huge, and it's multi-purpose, and you'd think it'd be great, and this is Ohio State, but basketball in there, it's just such a bad venue for ohio state basketball it's very disappointing so if they ever play over at st john's go get yourself tickets 
because that's the experience you want to see, Dave. I like it. All right, new rule. When Dollar Dog Nick messes up, Nick, you have to put yourself on the camera the whole time until you can fix it. (laughs) (laughs) With a countdown clock. Poor Dollar Dog. Oh, brother. Oh, man. He's all over the place tonight. You got this. We have faith in you. Yep. Little studio mode action. I was gonna. Is he still having problems over there? He's, you know what? He's 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 grinding through. He's starting to precipitate a little bit over there. Glistening. Rust. He's got a little rust. Little rust. I think he's back though. Excuse du jour these days. That's right. A little bit of rust. Oh yeah, he's he's figured it out. We're we're good to go. He's able to ask about the arenas in the Big Ten. That's That's right. Yeah. I was able to ask about my man, Sean McNeil. Go catch him at a Buckeye game. There we go. All right, let's transition. Let's look at some bets. It is time for some big play parlays. Gambling is three weeks away in Cleveland, Ohio, and all of Ohio for that matter. Uh, Go get $150 for free. Download our friends, the Tipico Sportsbook, and get $150 free dollars loaded into your account for January 1st. I can't believe that's less than three weeks away. That's wild. We've got some... I would say the thing I'm most excited for, for sports betting, is to bet the Browns. Now that we're completely out of it, we need something to keep us hooked in. This is going to get it done. Go get $150 and bet with us. All right. Um, I had to wear this shirt. Thank you, Dollar Dog Nick, because I was going to forget. Big Play Boxing Friday, Westlake at La yes. Center. We are all going to be there. It's going to be super fun. Our first... Big event. Have you guys ever been to a sports, uh, to a boxing event before live? I thought you were going to say, yeah. Have you ever been to a sports event? Um, quite <laughs> yeah, a few. have you ever been quite to Quite a one? few, actually. Uh, I have not. You know, a couple of Indians games, a few Guardians games. <laughs> I'm trying to think. No, I've seen wrestling. I have not been to a boxing match live. Okay. No, I've only ever seen them on TV. Well, Never it, in my life, Dave. And I'm really looking forward to it. This is going to be fun. This the is. The luminaries are going to be out. Bernie Kosar is going to be there, right? We got the A-list celebs in Cleveland showing up to the event. Sold out. Sold out in a few weeks. It is going to be a blast. Over 1,000 people. Um, so Download yeah. the app. <laughs> go, 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 go download the app. That's right. Typico. That's right. They will be there. It'll be a fun old time. Our buddy Tim Van Newhouse running the boxing matches, put all of those together. A lot of local professional Cleveland fighters that we're going to highlight. It's they, they don't get the credit that they deserve. There's not enough boxing within Cleveland. So this is going to be our our first way to showcase them and give them a platform so they don't leave Cleveland um, because it hasn't been here, honestly, before. So it's going to be a lot of fun. See you guys Friday in Westlake. Doors open at 6. It is sold out, so if you don't have a ticket, sorry. Um, all right. Browns, Ravens, are you ready for this over-under? Okay. Gab? Yeah. 37 and a half. That is not okay. a lot of points. Well, I'm seeing that it, it looks like we're averaging 23.1 points a game. 
Baltimore, 23.2 points a game. All right, so. Math. I, yeah, do we think we're going to score more? Well, here's Only the caveat to that is no, they're starting their, th- probably starting their third string, oh, maybe yeah, fourth right. string quarterback. quarterback. But if they can run the ball against us and limit their turnovers... I appreciate Gab showing all her work on this problem. <laughs> right? Back yes. School, you have to write it all out so you make sure well, she's showing us yeah, all her work. Um, I'm going to show you some more of my work. So it looks like over the last three games, they've been limiting opponents to, I want to say, 2.8 yards per carry. So I'm thinking, like, what if wow. they are shutting down Chubb on oh, no. our run game? And Deshaun's already – he's still a little awkward out there, like, like doing much rusty. better. But um, that's where I'm like, so I think that's the best mark in the NFL over the last three games. So obviously their defense is doing something right. And if they're able to shut down our run game, that's where I'm a little worried about how we're going to create a lot of offense is just because then we're going to have to rely on Deshaun. So anyway, let me. And then pair that with a quarterback who is typically on a practice squad. Right. For the Ravens. Like how many points is everybody really going to score? There we go. So that's why thirty-seven and a half. You don't you don't see many lower than thirty-seven and a half in the NFL. No. Um, I still want to go with the over. Yeah, <laughs> all, over. All that, all oh, that okay. to say, all that to say, <laughs> over. Chris, what about you? Oh, I don't know, Dave. You know what this is going to be? One of those classic Browns games at the end of December, where it's just one of those kind of slugfest type of games. So I think I'm going to take the under. I think I'm going to take the really? under. I don't think the weather is going to be bad necessarily. Yep. Obviously, it's at home. It's on a Saturday. Right. It's going to interrupt the whole flow of the weekend, unfortunately, which, you know, that always upsets me. But I think it's going to be one of those slugfests, so I'm going to go under here, Dave. It's going to be a peaceful Sunday. Well, you can think about it that way. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. Selfishly, it's all about how it affects me, Dave. I think it's going to be over. I think we're going to blow them out because no, no I do. And Whoa. the only reason I think that is because it doesn't matter. And so oh, the okay. Browns are going to give us an awesome game, yeah. game that doesn't matter. Five wide. That's an interesting. That's a good theory. Counterpoint. You know, they're going to do it. Okay. What? Dollar dog. We never wow, beat cat. third string rookie quarterbacks. Do you, have, do you have a stat for that? I don't have a stat, but I, it's in my head. <laughs> we don't beat rookie third-string backup my quarterbacks. Brain. How do we do against bird mascots? This is a bird mascot question. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, actually, really you, you do have the stats on that. How do we do against birds? I think birds are bad because Ravens Birds were, are bad. I looked at it today. I think Stefanski's... Cats oh, I don't are remember good. now. Two and six birds or something versus them. Three and six. Two and six or three and six something. versus birds. Okay. Who else is a bird team? Eagles. I don't think we've played them in forever. Eagles, yep. Falcons. Falcons we just lost to. Yep. Um, Cardinals. We got killed last year by the Cardinals. Seahawks. I don't think we can beat birds. This isn't Stump the Flog. Is it bird teams <laughs> in the NFL? No? Okay. Seahawks. Don't want to give away too much there. Seahawks. We, we didn't beat when Baker, the phantom handshake with uh, Richard Sherman. <laughs> Was that the Seahawks or was that the Niners? That was, um, I want to say that was the Niners. Oh, never mind. I want to say that was the Niners. Okay, over on, yeah, so I'm taking over 37 and a half. Okay. I just have a feeling they're, they're wow. going to give us a great performance when it doesn't matter. Dave, you and I expect completely different ball games here, I think. You Let's know continue. what, though? Like, I, I think that now Deshaun has no pressure. Mm-hmm. 
because he's not that's playing for anything. That's why I still anything. think we're going to go over. I don't know that it'll be a blowout, yeah. but that's exactly why. But I, think, I honestly think that's going to be a huge weight off of his shoulder because Jacoby played really well, even though our record didn't really reflect it. But I, I think living up to filling Jacoby's shoes was weighing on Deshaun a little bit, at least. And now he, you know, he's obviously got a lot on his mind. But... I think that in this game, some of that is going to kind of be subdued because we're not playing for anything. And he is just going to go out there and he's going to light it up. Yeah, He's going to improve each week here. And I think this is going to be a game where we see Deshaun and we go, okay, this guy is a franchise quarterback. He's going to be back next year um, and, and, you know, back to form what he was. So. So you're thinking shootout. I'm, I'm saying thinking, slugfest. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think we're, I honestly think we're going to win like. 27 to 10. Oh, okay. Like I think oh. we're going to we're going to we're going to beat them badly. I think we'll beat them by a field okay. goal. Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. I, the optimism <laughs> is just blowing me away here. And, and 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 you know, I was listening to the Bernie Kosar show, which is fantastic by the way. Both Bernie, Hanford, they were both positive as I recall. I think they both have the Browns winning this weekend. So uh, I'm going to go the opposite way. If everybody's going one way, I'm going to go the opposite way. I think the Browns are going to lose this slugfest. Yeah, and again, doesn't matter. So who cares <laughs> at this point of the season? <laughs> and, and we can't gamble on it legally yet, so right. really, who cares? Yeah, you know what? Give us three weeks until we get some some then good we'll games care. to gamble on. That's right. And we'll care about these late-season late games. All right, Chris, over-under is a half. Thrown helmets on the sideline by our buddy Cade York. <laughs> I didn't actually see it. I think this refers to right before halftime, right, where he wanted to kick a field goal? Yeah. Was I'm actually really- in the Cade York camp on this one because I think if you look at it, not to get all analytical because I don't love the analytics, but if you looked at the analytics, the probabilities of Cade York making a 67-yard field goal or us converting on a Hail Mary – you you got to think the field goal is more probable to put points on the board, right? As long as we take it back the full seven yards as opposed to six, <laughs> then that But would you know what I mean? Like, I've, I've yeah, never understood right. that with the NFL. Like, even at the end of the game, if, if a team is down two, there's no time left, and it's like a 66-yard field goal, I mean, I, I think it's one thing if the, if the kicker doesn't have the legs, but... Even if they do, like a lot of times they'll still do a Hail Mary for the win, and I've never understood that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you. I was listening to it on the radio, and they didn't even allude to this this whole episode. So, uh, But I think that's interesting that Cade York kind of flipped, flipped his SHIT over there. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think they should have kicked it. All right, so let's guess the player props. Chris, if they're – if you had to guess, or if you had to take the over, no matter what the stat was, which player f- for the Browns' offense would you take? Hmm. To to do what? I missed the first part. Over their yardage. So it's not set yet. Yeah. It'll be set in the next few days here. I see what you're saying. Donovan Peoples-Jones. You think, yeah? Redemption game? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, he had that nice game two games ago. This one fell off. I think you're going to see him fall out. I really do. Yeah, and God, if he had made that catch, Chris. 
I know. Fade I into know. the end zone right <laughs> off his chest. Gab. I notice we're saying a lot of that. If he would have <laughs> caught it. Would have, could have, If he would have, it would have been awesome. Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. Um, what player do you think is going to do well? What if uh, we go Deshaun mm. passing? Okay. All right, so I'm going to well, set it how for many, you. How many um, I'm gonna did set he have it. last game? So he had 276, I think, last game. Really? I think so. Mm-hmm. How um, many rushing really? yards? 33. So if mm-hmm. I gave you the stat, 280 yards passing over under. Okay, so I can go over on that. 280, okay. Because, like I said, I kind of feel like the Ravens are going to shut us down running, and he might have to pass more. And you said you have to go over, so over. <laughs> and we're over. There we go. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, we are two and a half point favorites in this game. Let me check the updated odds. Okay, now we are three point favorites. Chris, if you look at these spreads, which would are, are, would you take this bet? Browns. Minus three. I don't think so. No, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I have no faith right now. Browns minus one. Uh, ooh. See, I could see them, you know, squeaking out a victory, a two-point victory, something along those lines. All right. Um, yeah, so, give me that. I'll, there, there's my faith in my team. Give me the Browns minus one. Browns minus one. Ouch. <laughs> That's rough at home. Um, all right. Let's 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 move on here. Um, do, 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 do. Is it time for? Is it time? I think it is. All right. It is time. Tis time. We're we're done with bets. There. It is time for stump the flog. Uh oh. Do we have any like? I don't think we have music. Play for the it. play the red button. Yeah, that's okay. good. Oh, this was the Who Wants to Be a Billionaire. All right, you can cut it. <laughs> what are we doing, Dollar Perfect. Dog Nick? All right, since Gab always stresses, I have two options today. Um, we have a Cavs-related one, Ooh. or we have college-related, Big Ten-related. Because we just talked Big Ten, so it's kind of fresh in our brain a little bit with, with Jardy. Or we have Cavs. How it's this season's Cavs. Name the teams in the Big Ten. Chris, ruining it. You that can't be it. That was it. There's 14. We're gonna either name all 14 oh, Big do Ten. Do the Cavs one. Go the Cavs. Oh, all right, come on. Yes. We'd better be able to get. The yeah, Big that's Ten. no good. I forgot about Maryland when I was making the list. Oh my god. They were the one. I was. I stuck on 13 forever. I actually had to look it up because I could not think of Maryland. Oh. <laughs> all right, Cavs then. Oh boy. 14 guys have played in a game for the Cavs this season. All right. We're going to name all 14. Okay. Okay. Um, Gab, you want to go first? All right. Me and Gab versus. Oh, teaming up. All right. Yeah. Out of of studio reflog. And since I can't multitask, I'm going to leave it on this shot the whole time. All right. That's quite all right. What if we can't remember (laughs) a last name? Yeah. You want to go first name? Okay. Well, I mean, one or the other. Well, let's start with Levert. Karis. Okay. You go last name, I'll go first name. Okay. Karis Levert from Columbus, Ohio. Ohio. Michigan. Oh, sorry. He's from Ohio. Yeah, but he played oh, for Michigan. Went, That's right. He played for Michigan. Yeah. 
he had to be a jerk about it. Chris, you're up. Donovan Mitchell. Lamar Stevens. Ooh, that's a good one. There you go. Jared Allen. Darius Garland. Wow, we're flying. Mobley. Dean. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Which Mobley? one? Oh, go with the elder. That is not is a that, name. Which one is that? Oh, do I have to I, give? I actually is, think the Evan, Evan Mobley. I think he might be the Isaiah younger. Mobley. He's the Isaiah Mobley. Isaiah then. Yeah, he's the younger. Of the two. All right, they grabbed Isaiah, so it's back to you, Chris. Uh, Darius Garland. Already I already said. said that. Oh, you did? Wait, yep. wait, wait, wait. It can't be over yet. It's over. Um, I'm just kidding. No, no. Um, <laughs> Lopez. What's his first name? <laughs> Chris get both. Robin. What's Robin. his middle name? Dean Wade. Dean Wade. Oh, Dean Wade. Very nice. You uh, said Stevens. Uh, Okoro? Yep. First name? Isaac. <laughs> How about... There's going to be jerks about this. <laughs> I you, forget. You got it. this. I don't know. Raul? Ooh. Odyssey? NATO? Yeah. That was a good one. Mondesi, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Back to reflog. Oh, we, no. We have oh, three no. left. Three players left. Two prominent Kevin role Love. players. There's one Kevin of them. Love. Who was that? I didn't hear that. Kevin Love. No. Kevin Love. Wait, wait. Did he Did he guess? Oh, you're... Wait. Did we have Neil two left. Chris, Chris got that one. He got Kevin Love. Oh, okay. Two players left. And now there's two players left. Now there's one two. pretty good role player and one guy. I don't know if anyone's going to get him. Chetty. Chetty. Oh, and luck. Chris, you get the last one. It's the dude who played center for us two games ago. He passes between here and Canton, and I don't know his name. It's a, it's kind of a funky last name. Give him a first name. I was hoping you guys would say it because I don't know how to pronounce it, and I don't want to look stupid. But first name Mamadi. Oh, yeah, he's the center. He, he's played in a couple of games for us. Taco Fall. <laughs> yes, I wish. Where are my boys at? Man, they love Taco Fall. They've got the jerseys. Remember, I got them for him for Christmas last year. They both got. <laughs> I ones. remember that. Yeah, it was sweet. Uh, no, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna come up with it. Either of you know it, so I don't have to make a fool of myself. We win to by default. Is that his last name? Yes. <laughs> Something with. E- um, I don't know. It looks like Diakite. I don't know. It's Diakite. I was gonna say Et. Diakite. Yeah, I think. Is that's, it Diakite? D I A, kite. And there we are. He passed. We made it. The, the flog was That's stumped. not even fair. I, I should get credit. How about Ricky Rubio sat on the sideline for every single I can't game. wait for yeah. him to be back. Give me Ricky Rubio. Yeah, that'll be fun, right? That this will. This team can't be even more fun than it is right now. And I think he'll lift everybody up. I, th- I think Garland will feed off. I think all the guards will kind of feed off him. Yep. They did last year. Yep. I like those when there's only literally like 12, 13 I know, options. The, the ones that have like 30 kind of drag on, so I was going to try to keep it shorter. I was just worried you were going to say name fun... all the countries in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fun stump the flog 2.0 really quick. Okay. Oh. Try to name all the NBA teams that are one syllable. Wait, is that it? The, the city or the... Yeah, I really thought this one like through. Like bowls, yeah. jazz... Cavs. Cavs. Like, don't end in an S, maybe. <laughs> Jazz. You just completely changing it. Uh, the answer is heat, and that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, heat and jazz. Jazz, heat, magic. Oh, the magics. 
Yeah, you don't call them the magics? <laughs> yeah, something similar. The Heatles. It used to be the Heatles. Maybe they're there. I think there's only four, and I don't know why I remember this. This is fantastic. Radio Jazz, right Heat, now. Magic. There's somebody else out here. <laughs> what are I we doing? That don't, the, all the team's names that don't end in an S. We're missing one. That does not end in an S? Jazz, Heat, Magic. The Spur. And Antonio Spur. Hornet. Bobcats. Hornet. Maybe it is only three. I hope oh. it is. I hope we're sitting here trying to, Let's <laughs> trying to think of a fourth team. All right, I'm looking this up, and then we're ending this And show. then we're done. NBA teams. I'm going to be so annoyed Six. once you tell us if there's a fourth one. They're all plural. Okay. Uh, jazz, we said. Heat, said. Right. Magic. We say magic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Magic. Thunder. Oh. Thunder. Thunder. There you go. There we are. Impromptu 2.0. NBA teams with one syllable. <laughs> let's let's call it a show. Non-plural. <laughs> Non-plural. Hey, we didn't even touch on the Guardians news. Oh yeah. Oh, Bell. Josh Bell. Bell. Two years. Josh Bell. You know, Very my, nice my dad texted me. He's like, what do, you, what do you think about us getting Josh Bell? And I was like, I honestly haven't even seen it. And he's like, all right, you're, you're no good to me. I'm going to text my, my 11-year-old Jack. <laughs> and he's like, Josh Bell? He was ninth in the league in, in hitting? He was all pumped up. And I'm like, all right. We got ourselves a hitter. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope, I hope Josh Bell can get back to the Josh Bell of not last season. But um, I think... We, we don't have many options at first base. I don't think he's a great first baseman defensively, but we needed a right-handed batter mm-hmm. with a little bit of power. So well, he's, he's Another got bad. Scott Boris is his agent. And if there's one thing I know, Scott Boris knows a good deal. And I think what he's going to try and do is, uh, is re, re-energize and revigorate his, uh, his whole career in Cleveland and try and get a big contract for the end of his career. So As he should. Be, right, and which is great for both parties, right? Yeah. I mean, he's only 30, so he could easily do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, this is the test. So I think that puts a lot of pressure, a lot of heat on him, which is perfect. So he's going to perform, and then he gets a big payday at the end of it. It won't be here, but it'll be somewhere else. And we'll, we'll you know, get the margin in, in between. It'll be very good for both parties. And there we so go. Hit some home runs for us. Slipped in some guardians right at the end. There you go. All right, that's enough show for one for one week. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Play Reflog Show. Huge shout out, Jack News. Go subscribe to their Twitch channel. Shout out to Labat Blue Light. Also, by the way, Gab, they sent us a twelve days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. We get a new beer every day. I just put it next to my kid's advent calendar and the father of the year. <laughs> what you do every morning is they, you flip over the advent calendar. That, that's right. That's morning it. beer, crack it. Here we go. Thank that's you, Labatt. Um, and huge shout out, Tipico Sportsbook. Go get that $150 from the app. All you got to do, download the app, make a deposit, $150 in your sportsbook January 1st. We'll see you guys next Monday night, 9 p.m. Go Browns, hopefully.
It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! Reflux Town! 